1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Mini Break, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel production. Today is Wednesday, September 18th, and we're here to do something a bit different today with today's podcast. I'll give you a hint, it is centered around the upcoming Laver Cup. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host for today. Today I've got my Wednesday regular icon of Cracked Rackets, it's Matt Stokowiak. Matt, how are we doing today?
0: Jamie, what's going on, man? We're back. Uh, definitely excited back. to uh, talk about a little Labor Cup action here, so it should be good.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's just, it's here in just a couple of days. I mean, just before we really get into what we're going to do, just such a fun and unique event. What a great change of pace, right? I
0: mean, I really like it. I I think, honestly, I feel like the Labor Cup a lot of times gets kind of a bad rap. I mean, you know, I've seen it, different people talk about, ah, you know, it's it's just an exhibition and, you know, they're not really trying or whatever, or blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I think it's fun, man. It's, it's a team environment. We don't really get to see that on the tour. We never get to see these guys, you know, maybe outside of Davis Cup um, really get to play as a team. And I think, I mean, at least last year, I remember the effort was phenomenal, man. Th- these guys definitely want to win. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, I know it's not an ATP tour event. There's no money. There's no points on the line. Uh, So I think if we just put it in perspective and take it for what it is and just really try to enjoy it, um, I always have a blast with it. So once again, definitely looking forward to to it this year.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I could not agree more. I think it's so fun. Like you said, the team dynamic is something that's just totally, totally missing, right? And maybe you say Davis Cup, but then you're just you're just with your country, which, you know, not saying that's bad, but it's just there aren't enough chances to find really fun, you know, sort of the team camaraderie that can be a huge part of tennis. And well, of course, we're biased because here at Crack Drackets, we just love uh, college tennis. True. So, with that being said, uh, that's the sort of the, a little bit of a spin shakeup we're going to put on the Labor Cup today. Um, Matt and I were talking about this all day. We're very excited for it. So, <laughs> essentially, here's what we're going to do we are going to break down what a college style matchup would look like between these two teams. For the purposes of today, Matt is going going to be repping Team Europe, and I will be the representative for Team World. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to play this, like I said, like a D1 college match here. Three dubs, six singles to play with. Matt and I were both allowed um, to set our lineups however we wished. We have not seen each other's lineups, so this is going to be just as much as a surprise to us as it is you all. We're going to go through the lineups, discuss how the match would probably go down. There may be some disagreement, but um, nonetheless, it'll be a ton of fun. There's so much talent and explosiveness on both sides, on and really throughout the rosters. Needless to say, this will be a phenomenal, albeit hypothetical match. So with that being said, I'm going to list off the players that we had to work with. Then after that, I'm going to turn it to Matt, and we're going to start with one dubs and go down the line. So listeners, just so you know, real quick. Team Europe, they've got Federer, Nadal, Team Zverev, Tsitsipas, Fonini, and the alternate, which we are including, by the way, is Bautista Agut. They're coached by none other than Borg. By the way, little fun 10-bit here. The average ranking for this team is just around six, so that's pretty high. <laughs> just, just setting the bar here. World Team world players. We've got John Isner, Raunich, Kyrgios, Chapeau, Sock, Fritz, and the alternate, who's also included, is Jordan Thompson, coached by the fiery John McEnroe. So with all of that being said, I'm excited to get into this. Matt, go ahead and start with one-dubs. Who's playing at the number one spot for Team Europe in this college match? Uh-
0: all right, man. This is what I got, and and like you mentioned, I d- I don't know what your lineup looks like, but I'm I'm gonna take a guess. I think I might have an idea who you're gonna put at one Fair. dubs. So the only way that I can counter that is the only way I know how, and I'm gonna go with my guys, Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer at one dubs. I just I think the combination of their experience, um, obviously they don't play much dubs, uh, you know, on tour and definitely not together, uh, but you know, these two guys, man, I mean, they're, they're my top two ranked players on the squad. And I just, I have confidence in them, uh, to be able to get the job done against anybody. So that's, that's my one dubs team.
1: Fair enough. Well, I can't argue with that too much, but as you could probably guess, you know, who I went ahead and slotted at that one dub spot. It is Nick yep. Kyrgios and Jack sock. So with that being said, I mean, realistically, you got fed Nadal dog against Kyrios sock. What an amazing match that would be I mean, what are your thoughts on how that match would break out?
0: I mean, I, I want to see it, man. It, it, it'd it be a lot of fun, right? I mean, obviously, Kyrgios and Sock have a pretty good chemistry together. For sure. Um, it's not like they play a lot, but they're good friends off the court. I think they get along well. And, you know, these are two guys. Jack Sock is a phenomenal dubs player. I'm assuming that that's why he's even on Team World, you know, to begin with. He hasn't done much in singles, but his dubs play is always phenomenal. And Kurios is the same way, man. I mean, sometimes he plays really, really good dubs. So it's a strong team. And again, I mean, I, you know, I had to throw Rafa and Fed out there just, I think, because they would give me the best chance, you know, to maybe pull out the win there. You know, I think it could be a close match, uh, you know, a lot of good points and, and, you know, I, I got to roll with my squad, man. I, I don't know. It's tough because definitely no. you look at it and, and I would, to be honest, I'd probably lean a little bit towards Kyrgios and Sok in that match, but. Hey, man, I'm confident in my guys too.
1: Well, we'll call it it a toss-up, but the fact that you're leaning my way, that gives me some confidence. But let's go ahead and move down to two dubs. Who you got?
0: All right. Number two dubs team here. This I, this was pretty easy for me as well. I've got Stefano Sitsipas and Fabio Fognini as my number two mm, dubs team. Okay. Two guys that I think are a little bit underrated in dubs. Uh, Fognini is, has actually had really good results um, in dubs before. He played with longtime partner uh, Bolelli, also from Italy. They've had a lot of good success. And Sitsipas, you know, he we know that he likes to play around the net. He's an aggressive player, comes forward a lot even in his singles matches, um, can serve well bigger guy. So I think that pairing uh is actually kind of an underrated but really solid pairing and that's why I had no trouble uh slotting them in at my number two dub spot.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well combating that lineup, I've got all the firepower I've got putting into number two dubs. Raonic and Isner, <laughs> the big serving duo. This is pretty much my plan for two dubs, no matter what I thought you were gonna do. I was gonna say, hey, I'm gonna put these two guys together. And we're going to get some holds.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, look, this is a match, right? I, I mean, I would expect a tiebreaker in this kind of match, yeah. right? I mean, you know that that Isner and Rejnic are probably going to hold for sure. But, you know, from the return standpoint, I, I don't know – If I were you, if I'd have that much confidence that they're going to be able to get a break on the return games. So, you know, it just this this (laughs) match seems like it would probably come down to who can play, you know, a couple more clutch points in a tiebreaker. And, you know, Sitsipas and Fognini, I mean, I think they have a little bit of a clutch factor that may be able to take that one. I don't know.
1: It's possible. I think that one is definitely going to a tiebreak, though. That's why I put them together, because get to the tiebreak, and then usually, well, at least a lot of the times, the big serve is really what prevails in a tiebreak. Yeah. But, hey, if they can't put returns in play, who knows? I, I mean, I don't know. Look, there's you've got a lot of firepower on your side as well. Fonini and Sitsipas can both absolutely crack the ball. But indoor hard courts, you got the round and Isner serves. Yeah, that too. Tough. I feel like even though that's just a set – that wears on you, right? That many big serves coming at you over and over and over. I don't know. That's that's the sort of relentless idea I was going with for my two dubs.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a bad play. I mean, I see what you're going for there. Um, but... I don't know, man. It's just their returns, right? I mean, it, Dubs is obviously serving is huge, but almost as important is going to be that return game. And, and I don't know, man. I just, I feel like, you know, I've definitely got the edge in returning. You've definitely got the edge in serving. Um,
1: it could that's go why it'll way. probably be, probably it could go either way, probably in a tiebreaker. That's definitely, yeah, I definitely circle that one as a tiebreak matchup. But one more, the last thing, at least I will say for my side is, I think you got to start thinking about the coach in this scenario. I mean, I've got McEnroe, a guy who knows Raunich's game very well, knows how to play dubs, and he's got a connection with both Raunich and Isner. I mean, I don't know. He gets them fired up. Like, I don't know. There's a list. Listen, with that pairing, really all I need is a couple of big forehands to connect maybe on a return from either one of them, and I'm in business.
0: Maybe, but you know what I, I I like from the opposite standpoint, my coach Borg, you know, Sitsipas and Fognini can both be kind of fiery guys at times. I think Borg is the perfect guy to just calm them down, you know, relax them a little bit, let them just play their game. They're both really fluid players, uh, super smooth. So I think he's he's a really good coach for them to just kind of, you know, settle them down and and let them play their best tennis. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I like I like my squad as well.
1: I think for Team World, generally, my whole idea here is not to be settling down. I'm just going to try and play off of the pure firepower and adrenaline. I mean, that's really my only option. Indoor hard yeah. and look at my lineup, right? I'm going to have to try and get fired up and slap some winners. But we spent enough time on number two doubles. Um, I'll go first this time, just to listeners, to make sure you know I'm not you know cheating and altering the lineup before. Um, but my three dubs, I've got Shapovalov and Fritz rounding out my doubles team. Who do you have at three?
0: I got Dominic Team and Alexander Zverev.
1: Hmm. Okay. You have confidence in that team?
0: I mean, obviously not as much confidence as the other two. That's why I have them down there at three. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, I I feel like it's an interesting matchup, right? I mean, Chapo and Fritz, you know, younger guys. I mean, obviously Zverev and Team aren't aren't old by any means, but. Uh, I don't know, man. It, that's a it's a tough call because I feel pretty good about the Dominic team serve, the Zverev serve. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. From what we've seen recently, I'm not I'm not very confident yeah. in that at all. Um, that's you know, that's true. net play definitely not the strength of Dominic team uh, or Zverev really. I, you know that it's it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. I, I will yeah. say, looking at these squads. Overall in dubs, I mean, I think team world definitely has an edge when it comes to the doubles. Um, I just think there's better doubles players overall on that team, you know, bigger guys, a little bit more firepower, you know, like we mentioned with Isner and Reinich for team Europe. It's, it's a little bit more, you know, these are more singles guys. Obviously, when you look at the rankings, that kind of, it reflects that. So I think, I did what I could with my Dubs lineup, right? I put I put the teams out there that I think (laughs) that I think would give me the best chance at one, two, and three. But at the end of the day, I mean, your squad looks good, man, in Dubs for sure.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting. I'll I'll briefly say one thing on, on three before I go back to overall. I mean, Shapovalov, look, he's, he's been playing a lot of dubs too. I think he's been playing a lot with Bopana in yeah. multiple different tournaments, and he's looked good. Also with Fritz, I mean, you got to think both big serves, all the firepower there. I mean, Chappo, the lefty, they've got opportunities to do, you know, forehands on the inside, get a lot of looks. I, I like that three doubles team a lot, actually. But overall, when you're looking at this, I, I am – I'm not surprised, but it's interesting, too, because you could really go one of two ways with the Fed and Nadal, right? You could try and spread them out, put with somebody, but you went ahead and put them with, uh, put them with yeah. one another to to face off against Kyrgios and Sock. Because I presume—oh, you said it. You knew that—or you figured that's who I was going to put at one anyway. So that's got to be the showdown for sure. I think you're right that I do have the edge, so maybe I'm able to squeak out that doubles point. But— Even if I'm up 1-0 after dubs, uh, Team World might be in a world of hurt against uh, Team Europe here. So if we go into singles... Oh, you ready? Do you want to share one singles first or you want me to? Yeah, man. I mean I'll go.
0: This this is the strength of my team here. So yeah, now, this
1: is absolutely the strength of your team. This now, is creativity on my part.
0: Yeah, now we're getting to the good part. This is where I feel like I can make a comeback at least. Um yeah. it, for me, this was this was a pretty easy choice, believe it or not. At number one for me is gonna be Rafa Nadal. I mean, uh just won the US Open, you know, looked phenomenal there. Uh, I just, I, I I have no reason not to play him at, at number one, regardless of who, who you're going to put there. I, I feel confident with Rafa. I really do. I think he's the best player right now on my squad
1: in singles. All right. Yeah, fair enough. So before I tell you who I put at one, who do you think I put at one?
0: <sighs> I know who I would put at one.
1: Okay. Well, tell me that then. <laughs> who would you have put at one? I would have put Nick Kyrgios at one. And that is exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. So that's even funnier that you put Nadal there. Of course, you know, they've had some bickering back and forth. And, I mean, look, when you look at the head-to-head from these two guys, Nick Kyrgios has proven that he can beat any of the big guys. And he does it on the big stage. And when – When he's really put up to the task. And so that's why I put him at number one, because no matter who you put there, if you put Nadal there, if you put Fed there, um, you know, I know that A, he can beat him because he's beaten him in the past. You know, he's one of the few guys who can say that he can just go out there on any given day. And if he's locked in, he can win. Right. And so now, especially with the team environment, people are going to be pushing him on. It's an indoor hard court. Um, I I mean, look, it's hard to bet here, especially when it's curious, but I think there's more. I don't know. I think there's more safety in saying that Kyrgios would be hypothetically locked in in a match like this as opposed to just, you know, an ATP Masters tournament where seemingly he can just let the focus go. This, it seems like he cares a ton about, right? Like Labor Cup matches, he is locked into these things. You saw it. I mean, an example is last year, especially in doubles, he was going crazy when he was winning matches and and, and uh, Team World was winning matches. And so he's going to be locked in. That's my number one guy. I mean, honestly... This one could go either way.
0: Yeah, I mean it could, and and you're right. I mean all those points about Kyrgios is true, uh, but at the same time, I mean I'm definitely confident in Rafa. Like how could I not be? Fair. I mean the guy is he, – he's he's awesome right now. He just – he won that epic US Open final. Um, and of course, I, I don't think he wants to lose to Nick Kyrgios either for all those reasons no, that you mentioned. Not. He definitely Fair. does not want to, so I think he would bring it in this match. Um, which is why, again, it's tough to call, but let's just say that I would definitely have confidence in, in my guy Rafa, you know, in that matchup, even yeah. though Kyrgios, you know, he can present a lot of problems.
1: Yeah. And I think on paper too, you, you have to say Nadal, just from what we've seen from him lately, but you know, Hey, indoor hard, it's Nick Kyrgios. You, you yep. absolutely never know. But I think, um, I think probably no matter who I put at number two here, you're going to have a significant edge. So why don't you go ahead and put me uh, – or tell me who you put it to. I think you already probably probably know this, but my guy Roger Fed, man. Yeah, yeah, and I've got John Isner facing off against him. And well, I will say Fed is obviously a heavy favorite in this 2018 Labor Cup, these two played each other on day three, a lot on the line, split sets, and Fed ended up winning 10-7 in that super. So tighter than you may think. Yeah. And,
0: and John can play good in team environments. Remember he went to
1: Georgia, he played
0: sure. college tennis. So he's a fan of the team environment as Absolutely. well as, as a lot of the guys on, on team world are. Um, but again, I mean, I having Roger Federer play number two for me, I mean, that's, that's a dream, right? I mean, I couldn't ask for a better number two.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, there's, there's a good chance. I'm in a, a bit of trouble on that one at the number three. Three slot. I've got another huge server. I'm putting Ronich at number three. This one, I, this one, I went back and forth on. I feel like it's the right play, just because I didn't know. You had a couple options to put at three. Who'd you end up putting there? So I went
0: with Sitsipas. Okay. As my number three guy, I think overall this year he's played better. Um, you know, with the exception of Rafa and Roger, who are obviously, you know, my top two guys. I think Stefano Sitsipas has shown. Uh, more consistency than than the other guys on my squad. So I think he fits in quite nicely at that number three slot. And I actually had no trouble uh, with my one through three options. Those three were very easy for me to choose. And the trickiness okay. kind of came in at four through six for me. So pos was clearly, in my opinion, my number three guy.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I put Milos and, you know, it's, that was a little bit of a difficult decision for me just because I don't know just it's been a little uneasy lately like right we don't really know where he's at um but then again he's got this huge serve um and so not saying that Stefanos doesn't have a great serve but Raonic can really do anything on a hard court and when he gets when he gets locked in in a match right i mean he's serving 140 and he's just ripping forehands whenever he gets the shot so i think the good thing about Team World is with the big serve and big forehand and just all the firepower that that we have on the roster, you can win some matches and squeak them out, especially, you know, you split sets and you never know, right? But at the same time, I mean, if you're looking at these on paper, if you look at rankings, recent results, I looked at Ronich and Tsitsipas have never actually played each other ATP Tour, so... You never know, but I think once again on paper there, you've got to give Sitsi the edge just because, you know, at least in 2019, what we've seen from his form is just a notch
0: above. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel good about that matchup, and it really it's yeah. going to come down to a couple clutch points, right? I mean, you know with the big servers – that the match is probably gonna be pretty tight. And and it's who can win that, you know, that deciding point, one of those big points, uh, you know, a break point here, mm-hmm. a break point there. If it's in a tiebreaker, who can get a mini break, um, you know, whatever it is, I just I feel like a lot of the guys on my squad are gonna have the ability to win those big points, those clutch points when they need to, and and that's where I feel good about about my singles lineup.
1: Well, that's definitely fair. You should. Once again, reiterate the rankings of yours, just uh, just a step above Team World, but that doesn't mean Team World can't win. Like I said, huge games on my side. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move into number four singles. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I've got Dennis Shapovalov at number four singles. Who do you have?
0: Okay. This is where I got a little different, right? I, I had to really figure some things out down here at four through six. And this is the way that it. This is the way that I would want to roll, and and you may be surprised. Um, but at number four, I've got Fabio Fognini, and I'll mm. t- I'll tell you why, Jane. Okay. I'll tell you why here. This is a guy that has the ability to play out of his mind, right? I mean, there's times where he's just playing unbelievable tennis. He won a Masters Thousand uh, earlier this year in in Monte Carlo, I believe. Um, so he's had a really really good year. And for me, he's one of those guys that in in this team environment, I feel like if I put him at four, he's going to bring that edge and he's going to be, you know, a little bit more confident playing against maybe a better opponent than he would if he was playing, say, number six. You know, typically I see Fabio as a guy that if I slotted him at six – he might come in, you know, a little overconfident, not really going to play his best, just out there thinking, yeah, it's number six, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think if I put him at four, he's really going to have to be fired up and bring his top game. And when he does that, I mean, the guy can just flat out play and, and a matchup with Shapo there at four. That's good, man. I mean, I like that matchup a lot. There could be some fireworks in there, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's interesting. You went ahead and put Fabio at the four spot. I definitely get what you're saying. That's, I mean, as if you're setting that lineup, I understand why you do that. I mean, here's the thing though. I mean, Shakovalov has looked, I don't know, 2019 has been a little bit up and down, but that U S open was very promising, right? He looked very good. I mean, he completely took care of Felix in that first round and might I note also that the only tour-level meeting between Shapovalov and Fonini ended up with Dennis winning that. I think that was uh, last year up in Canada. Um, but he can beat Fabio Fonini. He can absolutely win this match, and especially on—I mean, look, an indoor hard court might be good at some points for both of these guys. You know, Shapovalov might get behind the ball a couple times with the huge strokes, but, man, he's going to be comfortable on a hard He court. Is. And I think you're right, this is gonna be this is gonna be a very explosive matchup. But I mean truthfully I I, I wasn't I didn't necessarily think that Fabio was going to, you know, go into the four slot for you here. So I actually don't feel too bad about Shapo all over this match. I think this is a very winnable match for him. That's fair. Yeah,
0: I think it's winnable. Uh, but I, I'm confident as well. I mean, Fabio is a hard, you know, the way that Shapo plays, he just, he's going to go big, right? We know he's going to be cracking forehands, cracking backhands. Fabio is a tough guy to really just overpower, right? I mean, he's so fast. He covers the court really well. That's kind of the strength of his game in a way is is his defense and ability to move around some variety with drop shots and things. So I think he's got the ability to frustrate Dennis a little bit. I don't know. It's an interesting matchup. I mean, it yeah, really is.
1: That is an interesting matchup. I think that one could definitely go either way. Um, I, Yeah, I mean, look. Shaboval certainly has a chance to win that one. I don't feel I don't feel yeah. like he's at too much of a disadvantage there. But at number five, then who who then did you put at five? I think I expect. I mean, I think I feel like I know who it is.
0: Okay, maybe maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my number
1: five player is going to be Dominic Team who's also the number five player in the world right (laughs) well maybe but that's absurd (laughs) that's
0: how good that's how good my squad
1: is here jamie i know i know but okay yeah that's uh, i mean that's definitely gonna be a tough one for me because i've got taylor fritz at five so i think especially on a hardcore you've got a very clear advantage there um i mean look team has beaten fritz i think a couple different times back-to-back u.s opens actually 2017 and 2018 he beat Fritz both times um so yeah i mean yeah look fritz has looked good this year better than he has um in years past the serve and the forehand have been looking very good but look team's five in the world for a reason so i think this one gives you got a you've got a big edge on this one
0: I mean, it's going to be an explosive match, though. That's the thing. What's interesting about this one is just the firepower again. I mean, we talked about some of these other guys on on your squad, but um, Fritz goes big, man, and obviously Dominic Team. I mean, hits the ball probably as hard as anybody on tour, you know, on mm-hmm. average. So yeah, I just, I mean, that's that's going to be a slugfest and just another another really fun match to watch. I mean, again, I'm confident. I like I like my guy Team in this matchup, but. Um, um you never know man I mean when when Fritz is on that serves cranking his forehands going it, it, it could it could cause some problems
1: oh definitely yeah I mean look I'm not counting Taylor Fritz out of this one by any means but in terms of if you're looking at uh who's got the edge on paper for that one it's definitely a Dominic team let's go ahead and round it out at number six singles I think you might have done the same actually but I went ahead and pulled in my alternate. Jordan Thompson of Australia to play the number six slot. Did you do the same with your alternate? I did do the same. I put okay. uh,
0: RBA, Bautista Agud, in my number six slot, actually, because I figured you may slide your alternate in there, Thompson, yeah. as well. I, I was doing that, I, I, I figured you might do that. And I just figured in that matchup, man, RBA against Jordan Thompson, I love that matchup for me. I mean, that yeah. that is at, at number six, man, I am just confident in my guy. Robbie, Robbie Batts, to to get that one done. So, um, Robbie Bats. you know, I just I, I feel really good about that one. I I don't know if you're going to be able to give me an argument for Jordan Thompson in that match,
1: but you can try. <sighs> I mean, so I guess, let me say this without talking about who he's playing against, Jordan Thompson has an absolute number six game. I mean, so that's kind of the so top does RBA, of London, right? That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> he's playing He's playing someone who has <laughs> a perfect game style, but maybe a little bit more solid and, and with a little bit more uh, firepower. I mean, I'm looking, it looks like a few years back, Bautista Agut did beat Jordan Thompson at Wimbledon straight sets, but this is a whole new ball game. Years later, on a hard court, I think once again, you've got a fair edge here. I mean, look, Bautista Agut has had a very good year. He's up in the rankings all the way to number 10, look he's got a lot of points this year he's proven why he deserves to be in that sort of conversation of guys who can hover around the top 10 and guys who can really make deep runs at basically any single tournament they're in right and so once again you've definitely got the edge on that one but I mean I will say this for my guy Jordan Thompson he's got that Leighton Hewitt Aussie mentality where he will go out there and grind and just grind and grind and grind. And not saying Bautista Agu doesn't because, of (laughs) course, he does too. He's one of the best on the tour at that. But, you know, there's a very real possibility too, and one of the sort of intangibles for team world overall, these guys are going to fire each other up. I mean, they're going to be jumping along the sides. They're going to be getting completely pumped up. And, you know, maybe that gets in the head of some of these Team Europe guys, especially, you know, maybe not a veteran like Bautista Agu, but some of the younger ones, I mean, I I feel like that's in play. You know, these people are going to be hyped up. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of emotions in this match. I think basically for Team World to win, and this goes for this hypothetical college match and also the actual Labor Cup, they're going to have to fire each other up and just feed off each other's energy and hope that that either intimidates some of Team Europe or gets under their skin a little bit, rattles them. I mean, they're going to have to rely on some of that to get some to, to get across the finish line in some of these matches.
0: Yeah. I think so man and obviously doubles is going to be key for team world. I mean I think 100%. no question they the doubles has to go the way of team world if they want any chance at this mm-hmm. just because the singles lineup for Europe is so is so daunting man. It's just I you know I don't know at the end of the day how many of those singles matches um the world is gonna be able to pull out. So I think yeah. it starts with dubs and then like you mentioned that 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 teamwork, that camaraderie, you know, with these guys, I, I do agree with you. I mean, I think that may give them, you know, Team World a bit of an edge in that department with with the teamwork and the doubles. But again, we in, in the labor cup format we play more singles, you know? Oh, so sure. it's 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 tough to really go against Europe. I I just I feel like it is.
1: That's for sure. Well, before we get into the actual Labor Cup, because listeners, we'll give you a little breakdown, a little preview for that, real quick. If this were an actual college match, I, I, I'd have to probably say, I hate to say it, but I think Team Europe will take this one. I I mean, I'll give my guys some credit. I say you probably win four three. I say I yeah. take the dubs point and maybe squeak out two of the singles, then you win the rest of the singles.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think that's fair. I mean, the dubs point, and then obviously, you know, if we maybe if we want to call the number one court Rafa against Kyrgios a toss-up, I mean, we could, you could maybe sneak that one out. Um, you know, number three ranich over over Sitsipas possibly there too. Um, and then number four, Fognini and Chapeau. That one could maybe go either way, but other than yeah. those, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident at two, um, at five, and at six for sure. Those three, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'll take those as locks pretty much right now. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still confident in Rafa, man, to get the job done at number one. I know Kyrios is good, um, and he, he'd be fired up for that match, but... You know, how can how could I go against, you know, the reigning US Open champ and, you know, a guy that's just been phenomenal recently. So I don't know, man. I think it, I think it'd be a good match. I, I like the four three call, possibly five two. Um you know chance, it, it could yeah. be five two if, if my guys take five of those singles matches.
1: Um That'd what, be tough to watch, gonna tell you, it'd but be interesting maybe. either way. <laughs> For sure, I wish, that is a, I wish that's a match we could do, and I, it'd be super fun, too, to see, I don't know, any of these guys just straight-up play a match in this format, right? That'd be, I, I don't know, that'd just be super entertaining for me, maybe, I mean, I, I, it'd just be sweet to see this format, this college format that, that we love so much used um, with these pro-level guys, but one thing I will say, maybe there's a chance, what if they played in the D, D2, D3 format, where each dub's match is actually worth its own point you know maybe there's a chance yeah. we sweep dubs there and, and, and then have a shot at winning but uh <laughs> nonetheless i think you've probably got the edge but now for the actual labor cup listeners i think we talked about it a couple pods back but just to refresh everyone's memory there's 1 point for friday matches 2 points for saturday matches and 3 for sunday it is the first to 13 yep. On Friday and Saturday, yeah, I mean, look, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's how this is played. Each match four, or sorry, each day four matches are played, three singles and a doubles. Of course, if this if there were a little bit more doubles, maybe Team World would uh, get some of that. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they'd have a little bit more um, of a chance, per se. I mean, I don't know. I think, listen, 2018, man, 2018 match was close. I mean, I, I feel like people kind of forget about it. It's crazy because, the winning team has to get to 13 points, and if you go back and look at the 2018 results, it was so close. On day three, to get three points, Federer beats Isner 10-7 in the breaker, and that swings three points. Then the last match, Zverev beats Anderson 10-7 in the breaker. Man, if those go the other way, yeah, I mean, team world takes this.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely possible, man. I, I think dubs is the key for sure. Team World's going to have to win every dubs match. Yeah. And then it's really, we know it's probably going to come down to Sunday, right? I mean, there's just not enough points available on the first two days um, to where Sunday isn't going to matter. and they And they set that up on purpose. I mean, it makes sense, right? We want Sunday to be the most interesting, compelling day. Sure. And I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's going to come down to Sunday and it's going to come down to those matchups you know, that the respective captains choose for that final day. And I mean, like you mentioned, if, if team world happens to get hot and, and sneak a couple of those out, I mean, it could go their way, but man, I look at this, this roster for Europe and I just, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there's no way that I would bet against Europe. Um, Obviously I'm going to be a hope I'm going to be, you know, really pulling for team world to win. I'd love to see it. It'd be a great upset, but I just, in in all honesty, man, I mean, Europe is is probably going to get this thing done and, and they'll get it done in singles on Sunday.
1: I mean, yeah, Europe's team is just absolutely stacked. I mean,
0: they're even better this year, I think, than they were last year, the roster wise. Yeah,
1: their roster is insane. Because I mean, last year too, they had some guys like Edmund was in there, and exactly, um, they they just had some people who were hovering a little bit lower ranking. I think but Shardy I mean, was their alternate. Yeah, and I mean, you just look at this, and yeah, if you're not including Batista Agut, who is their alternate, but also 10 in the world, right? You've got Fonini, who's in there, and he's 11 in the world, and that's right. That's it. Above that, you've got all these top 10 players. So, I mean, you you literally have a roster of top 10 players uh, against Team World here. So, I feel like the deck is stacked against them in that regard. Europe has the clear advantage on paper. But, I mean, if you had to put it into a percentage, what's percent chance that Team World actually pulls this off?
0: Uh, Not very high, man. I, I... I don't know about an exact percentage, but I mean, my confidence level for them to take the whole thing. And it's like this, right? Because the dub, there's only three doubles matches. There's only one dubs match per day. And I think that just really favors Europe. If if it was like two and two, if they played, you know, the same four matches, but they did an extra double, they did two doubles and two singles. Then I think we're talking a whole different ball game. Um, but for for World to get it done, man, I mean, they're going to need some big stuff on Nick Kyrgios. I mean, he's going to have mm-hmm. to win his singles matches as well because he's really the one guy on Team World that can really play like a, a pseudo number one in the world type player and just beat anybody on any given day, right? I mean, he has that ability. So he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to win all of his singles matches and then, you know, hope that a couple of his teammates can just – pull off upsets because, I mean, they are going to be upsets when you look at it. I mean, there's no way around it. So I don't know, man. I mean, I give Team Europe probably like a a 75% chance of winning the whole thing.
1: I mean, I think that's fair. I think the only thing that, that sort of keeps hope in my mind for Team World is, man, they were so close last year. I mean, a few points go the other way and they could have pulled this off. And so there's, in my mind, there's no reason that that can't happen again, especially with the momentum on Sunday, you know, that dubs match. They could probably win that, then things keep rolling there and you know they pull off a singles win and you know and, and before you know it, there's a big chance right and so especially with the big serves um, and firepower that team world has, I think that's kind of a good recipe, especially since in labor Cup format, if you're able to split sets, you do um, get to the ten point breaker. So I think that does um, give team world a little bit more of a chance in any of those third set sort of scenarios. Um, because you know a guy like Isner guy like Rounich, you know you're gonna tell me they can't win a breaker against pretty much anybody I mean they can hit i mean they can do almost anything in a breaker, right?
0: yeah, I mean, they definitely can. where I get a little worried for for team world is with guys like Taylor Fritz and maybe Jordan Thompson, right? You remember last year Francis tiafo played and and he did not play well um it was his first time in the labor Cup. And this is gonna be Taylor Fritz's first time in the Labor Cup. I just I don't know how he's gonna react to it all. It's gonna be something new for him. I, I just I don't know where my confidence level is with him against Team Europe's roster, right? Well, I mean, yeah. if they were playing somebody else, it might be different. And then, you know, a guy like Jordan Thompson, who I'm assuming is probably gonna come in at some point and play singles, maybe, um, you know, instead of like Jack Sock. Um, I just, I feel like he's overmatched. I mean, I just, I do. I feel like a guy like that, you know, is not really, you know, I don't want to say he doesn't belong with this group of, or this caliber of players, but, but he, he really kind of doesn't like his ranking. He's, he's a step below almost all of these other players. So I just think he's a bit overmatched. You're right. With with Milos and and John Isner, yes, those guys with their serves, the way they play, they could definitely pull off an upset because of that firepower and the fact that they could just win breakers. I, I agree. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, there's just there's too many other matches. And I just I don't know. It's just it's too tough against this Europe team. I yeah. just and they're gonna have to win dubs. I mean, imagine what happens if if Europe happens to to pull out one of the doubles matches, yeah, then, Th- then it's for sure. Then, in trouble. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sure. So yeah. no, you're right. And what's interesting too, I, I didn't read this off when we were going through the, the format and the rules and, you know, Thompson might not come in at all because each player does have to not alternate does have to compete in one singles match during the first two days. So because Friday matches are worth the least, I mean, most likely you'll probably see sock in singles on day one. Um, Which will be a loss, well, I, but it's well, only nah, it, it's I, only one point. But you I mean, know, look, I, think, I mean, he's not. Gonna, I think if Sock's gonna you know show up anywhere, it's a Labor Cup match, right? And who
0: who who do you think on Team Europe's roster that that you would be confident that Jack Sock could beat?
1: Well, nobody, I would say, with absolute confidence that he can beat. I mean, sure, if he's going against Nadal, it's, you know, get out of here, basically. But I mean, someone. Even potentially, like, if Zverev has a meltdown and, like, can't serve. I, I mean— Well, that's a
0: key, key, uh, key point there, are, Jamie. That's I why mean, I did keep him out of my, my hypothetical college lineup.
1: Team, um, team completely fizzled out. And what, who do you lose to? Fabiano? at the U.S. Open, yeah, so I mean, if it, it's in play, I mean, look, I'm, once what's again, What's the last time saying, Jack Sock won a singles look, match. Look, I'm not saying I'm confident in it. I don't know how to think you're, I think you're misunderstanding here. I think I'm just saying that it, it's possible at this point.
0: Well, Gruskin and I sometimes play a game called possible or Alex, you're Effing crazy. <laughs> and this is one where I would, I would say you're crazy.
1: Not a possibility
0: to say that there is. I believe there is a zero percent chance that Jack Sock will win a singles match at the Labor Cup.
1: I mean, all right. I mean, that's fair. That's just what I'm going to say. Look, we haven't seen we haven't seen a good Jack Sock in singles in quite a long time. That's absolutely fair.
0: Yeah, I, I just that's it's. (laughs) I <laughs> I know it sounds maybe a little brutal but it's just I that's honestly how I feel. I mean, now Dubs is a whole different story. I'd favor him in every match yeah. in doubles because he's he's phenomenal at doubles. So, I mean, that's a whole different thing. I was just speaking specifically for for singles.
1: Yeah. I mean that's a, that's definitely fair, and when you look at the rosters, there are definitely some points where you're looking at Europe's and saying, "Wow, that's a big time edge." But I guess we yeah. will see this weekend when it all happens. Um, Matt, any final thoughts on the Labor Cup, our hypothetical matchup, any of it before we head out?
0: Yeah, no, man. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. I remember last year, I really enjoyed it. Great environment in Chicago. Um, hopefully, you know, this year in Geneva, it's, it's going to be just as good. I'm sure it will be. I know they put a lot of resources into it to, to have it run smoothly and, you know, have everybody enjoy it. So hopefully I just, as long as the matches are really, you know, pretty competitive, and we see those guys out there having fun. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Obviously, we know it's not, you know, they're not playing for prize money. They're not playing for ATP points. But I just want to see them give their best effort and, you know, support their teammates and, and have a lot of fun out there. Because when they're doing that, that's when I enjoy watching it.
1: For sure, I think that is one thing we're all hoping for, regardless of the outcome, is just some great competition, and you know that just fuels the fire for everything as the tournament or as the as the event goes on, right? It's just it just makes everything more fun. It, It would be very disappointing if it was just a blowout. So, I think everyone is in the same camp and at least hoping that that will not be the case. And hopefully, with the firepower and doubles sort of expertise that does exist on Team World, that absolutely is not the case but anyway we have spent good amount of time on labor cup and it's been a ton of fun matt i want to thank you for coming on as you always do and what do we tell our listeners that's a break all right and we'll see you guys next time